Welcome back to another episode of Things My Friends Know. I'm your host, Lisa Lindenfelser, and I'm here to talk with my friends about their passions. In today's episode, we chat with Dan about his passion for craft beer and how he loves helping non-beer drinkers find a beer they can truly enjoy. Hello and welcome, and we're here with Dan and Bernie. Dan and Bernie, so happy to have you guys. Thank you for having us. Appreciate the opportunity. And of course, I have to give a shout out to Reggie, who's already attacking Bernie's microphone. Reggie is um, Dan and Bernie's puppy. (laughs) Reggie says hello, everybody. (laughs) How old is Reggie again? Reggie's four months. (laughs) I wish you guys could see this. Reggie is already ready to bite the microphone and, you know, (laughs) chat about craft beer. Well, Dan, I think the first question I want to ask you is, can you tell us like how you first got into craft beer and like how this passion for you all started? So it was probably a lot of it came down through my dad. My dad was always a big, passionate uh, beer guy. Uh, he worked at a grocery store where he did like the vending receiving for certain products. And a lot of it was different beers from different distributors. And, uh, he would always have things and bring stuff home, different beers, different stuff like that. And then I remember even like on my like graduation, like open house, Mm -hmm. uh, he ended up bringing like two cases of Oberon to it. And at that time, Oberon was just like getting going. Mm -hmm. That was one of like the really, the big things that really got, you know, always influenced me was my dad with the beer uh how was that even when you were a kid that he was doing that work or was it more when you like became an adult this was more in like my teen years he okay. did more of that and then like beer was definitely there mm-hmm. i think the branding and just the imagery was always something cool and something yeah. we always talked about later when i was around you know 18 19 i worked for a distributor in the lansing area oh, and uh that really got me more into the beer they were a large distributor, and they distribute all kinds of beers from normal domestic beers to even, like, imported beers. That's awesome. So you, at your graduation party, was it high school, college graduation? High school. Okay. Yeah, high school. So I wasn't, you... <laughs> I wasn't able to actually drink any, but I just still remember the two cases of beer sitting there. That's awesome. <laughs> My dad had, like, under lock and key, only giving it to the people he wanted to give it to. That's amazing. Is he still super into craft beer even now? Oh, he doesn't drink as much, uh, you know, for the health reasons, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously it doesn't do good um, with certain things. All that sugar isn't always the best. (laughs) (laughs) That's why, you know, try to drink in uh, what you want to say. Moderation. Moderation. Thank you. (laughs) So, I mean, I think one of the questions that I have just off the bat is like, what what is considered a craft beer? Because like Oberon for me, like, I don't know that I would have considered that a craft beer. So can you just kind of like explain like what makes a craft beer a craft beer versus other beer (laughs) of course um i would say craft beer is something that is made more local by a local brewery um Mm -hmm. something that's not made by a large group or a large conglomerate um there's a lot of businesses out there like anheuser-busch miller coors those i would you know those they try to make like beers that look like craft beers but they're Mm -hmm. not craft beer would be like a local brewery something you could hopefully get in your hometown or even in your own state so does it have to do with the actual like how they um brew the beer like because i i think something like bud light miller light coors light like those things are probably brewed on a very mass production right basis right they're mass you know they're made at large gallons um quantities i would say uh 
with with craft beer being different is it's probably definitely the size they're not brewing such large batches like you mm-hmm. were saying but also you know anything can be a craft beer i mean if you want to get the recipe for bud light and make it at home you can it's and still craft, it a craft beer, beer because yeah you crafted it yeah because you made it you know it's something made local mm. by home interesting um, our friend Rupert, who was on episode two, has recently got into crafting or brewing, whatever the technical term is, brewing his own beer at home. Um, Pablo, will you remind me? I don't remember what his first uh, brew was. It was an IPA? Question mark? Yeah, it was just a, uh, a regular old IPA with some mosaic and Chinook hops. Very cool. And it was named <laughs> Ryan's Butthole. <laughs> <laughs> No. So then we can always come back and say, you remember how good Ryan's butthole was? <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> so the, the, even though he like bought that kit, you know, from someone, because he made it at home, that makes it a craft beer. I'd call it a craft beer, yeah. It's, okay. it's, I, I'd call it more along the lines of homebrew. You know, yeah. it's a homebrew because, you know, with the larger breweries and the smaller breweries, everyone still has their way to do things. And to me, homebrewing, if you at the beginning stages if you're not 100 percent invested in it you're not going to have all this great equipment because there's so much going into the process you know you got to heat it up you got to cool it down you got to get to the right temperature so you don't kill off any of the yeast that you add so that has a lot to do with it and i feel like making a homebrew and then going to like your local brewery those are still going to be two different style beers yeah but then you say you know and you go say and go to somewhere even larger like a anheuser-busch or a miller yep those beers are going to be a little different because that the equipment they use is so techno it's so the advancements in the technology is so large yeah. it's, it's push button brewery anymore yeah that's we, what it's turning into with those big big people the Pab- big breweries pablo and i went on a tour in milwaukee of it was Anheuser Busch, right, Pablo? No, it wasn't. Oh, see, I've already probably, messed yeah. it up. Miller Coors, yeah, it's probably Miller Coors. Um, and I remember, like, and Pablo, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember we went into one of the rooms where they do some. I I don't even know, like brewing or something, and like we had to go up like eight flights of stairs to go to like the very top of that. Do you do you remember that, Pablo? Yeah, because I mean those those devices they use like so for Ryan's brewing that we did like. It kind of looks like a turkey fryer that you would have for Thanksgiving, (laughs) and we made five gallons of beer, but these other places are making thousands, if not millions, Mm -hmm. of gallons of beer at a time. I know millions is probably aggressive in one (laughs) pot, but so they have to do all that stuff with the wort and everything, and that has to be done at once in such a large volume so they have to have you know devices that can can handle that Mm -hmm. that size the most exciting part of that tour was that you got free beer at the end of the tour um i tried to drink one and then i was like out um i'm not a beer drinker for those listening everyone who knows me knows that (laughs) i'm much more of a wine and cider person um but there was this one guy on our tour who just like was like stealing other people's drinks and they like called him out he was a bears fan i'm gonna make that very clear he 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 had it coming we knew there was trouble right from the get-go and we're recording this on super bowl sunday so the talking about the bears and football is very relevant today more than any other day not usually on the super bowl but my dad's not gonna like hearing that so he was a bears fan he got out of control i just remember that like the actual like bartenders or whatever they're called like actually like had to cut him off because he was trying to drink other people's stuff it was crazy so that's so, insane <laughs> we've, side story we've done we've done like well down in jacksonville for a family wedding we stopped at a budweiser 
uh, brewery tour and we had a great time we did the tasting we got to see the facility so like i'm all for you know big beer if they want to keep doing beer like that that's fine with me and the tours are fun they're a blast i'd recommend going on one you get to learn a lot more you'll learn that they make more than just like the typical beers they have a Mm -hmm. bunch of productions of other things too so you'll get to find out more information i i think it's really fun have you ever done one of those like bicycle trolleys where you like drink (laughs) so so we actually went to uh minnesota two summers ago this is Mm -hmm. before the pandemic obviously and uh, we like to go to uh, baseball stadiums every summer and go to a new stadium and on that trip we went to see the my team the tigers detroit go play the uh, minnesota twins and uh actually my future brother-in-law is from minnesota so he kind of toured us around and we actually rented or signed up to do one of the pedal pub tour oh crawls and we ended up hitting three stops and awesome. we met these dudes from canada and it was a blast I, if you ever get a chance do it you're gonna get a little bit of a leg workout but it's totally <laughs> worth it it's fun like do you get in trouble if you stop pedaling there was a couple times I was like, okay, I'm done pedaling for a minute. I'm pretty sure it's got like a motor that kind of does most of the work. Okay. okay. I don't know. That's the only reason I feel like I've never gotten interested in doing that. Like, I don't want the manual labor of pedaling my way through a city. <laughs> we probably had like maybe six or seven of us. Oh, wow. And it definitely could have held like maybe like five more. And wow. we were able to move around the city pretty good. That's awesome. So I think one of the next questions that I have, since we were kind of on that topic of brewing, have you ever done any of your own home brewing? I have actually. Um, a smaller than five gallon. It's usually like a one gallon batch that I've done because for the longest time I just lived in an apartment and I just did not have mm. a room for a large five gallon operation. And it was a really fun thing. It was actually something I didn't think I wanted. And then actually Bernie decided to get it for me and i had a lot of fun with it you know it's it's fun making different beer it's fun making your own beer you get to try it you know the hard part Mm -hmm. is waiting for it waiting the (laughs) you know you got to let it ferment and and then you after that then you gotta uh the way i did it i was bottling Mm -hmm. and then the add carbonation is different a lot of people use like a forced carbonation so like a typical brewery you would go and that that beer is usually got like a forced carbonation where me i was actually carving it in the bottle so when i transfer it into the bottle it would have enough sugars and it would actually ferment up in it and if you over fermented you, your bottle could actually explode on oh, you if you don't do gosh. it right so if you over calculate it you could screw it up but That's it was scary. a fun experience <laughs> don't you have to like don't you have to put like sugar in the bottom of the bottles before you actually put in the beer like that's how you carb it exactly that's basically what i was doing um you could use a different kind of uh uh uh, sugar yeah there's like i think like i know some recipes i've seen honey i don't recommend honey because uh it's you don't know how sweet and how much sugar you're gonna get out of the honey it's mm. wild do you remember what your first like one gallon brew was like what style of beer i want to say it was like a citra pale ale okay and it came out okay like you know it's just a simple beer it's nothing fancy you know the way i was getting it was like stuff that got shipped and mm-hmm. so i would say like the ingredients probably weren't kept under the best circumstances. Like a lot of breweries that I've seen and been working at and seen a lot of their, they keep everything like really cold that way, you know, Mm. the life, the shelf life stays longer. The hops stay nice and fresh. That's interesting. Like, 
it's very sciencey. It's definitely something I could never do. Um, Pablo actually helped Rupert do his first home brew, and it number one was like a five-hour minimum activity. Um, it sounds like okay. Pablo is making a face like I've over exaggerated, but we were there quite a while. And like you were mentioning, Dan, like a lot of it was like you have to get things to a certain temperature. You have to let the yeast, you know, activate for a certain amount of time. You want to make sure that it's fully activated before you like. It was very much like a science project, and I was like. Mm, hard pass (laughs) (laughs) yeah the yeast is like probably the scariest part because you they keep telling you to make sure it's activated and all this stuff and all these ways to make sure that it did activate by like putting it in water and seeing it bubble and that's probably the most intimidating part other than like finding weird ways to like cool cool it faster once it's done cooking and everything like that so you can start fermenting it but i think you guys put it into the bathtub with like an ice bath to cool it down yeah i talked to ryan because he made another batch yesterday and it was he was doing outside he's like there's there's a snow bank so he like got a plastic tub and put a bunch of snow in it and then he put the 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 five (laughs) gallon thing in there like you know what happens when you put a a hot piece of metal into a, a bucket full of snow the snow melts and it hits the bottom of the of the, <laughs> the bucket. So you learn lessons yeah. every time you do it, right? Like things yeah. not to do next time. Totally. Like every time you homebrew, you're learning something new, especially mm. if you're changing up your recipe or doing something different. That's the fun thing about it. It's something that you made yourself, and it, it's yeah. it's really enjoyable. Bernie, do you remember the first homebrew that he did? Like, did you get to try the beer? Yes. It took a while. I don't remember how long. Do you have to let it sit there? I think it took... With the initial fermentation, I think it took three to four weeks. And then after oh, the wow. fermentation, after that, then I actually had to put it in the bottles. And then it had to carbonate in the bottle. And that took another, I think, week to two weeks. So it almost Holy took cow. a month and a half, really. That's a commitment. Yeah. But we were really excited once it was done and we could try it <laughs> and see if he did horrible or good. And it turned out good. Um, so will you... Tell us a little bit about like the different types of craft beer. So we've already thrown out a couple of different types. Pale ale, I think, was one of them. I know there's about a billion more. Like how like how many basic craft beers are there? And can you kind of just explain the difference between all of them? Like even just technically speaking, like what makes them different? So, I mean, the large variety of different beers, there's there's a billion upon billions of beers. There's a, you, there's so many different recipes and so many different styles that it's mm-hmm. hard to like even think and name them all. But like, say I was walking into a brewery that I wanted to visit and have a beer, I would expect you know to see you know a lighter beer like maybe a lager or maybe even just like a blonde ale on tap, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna probably see you know of course your IPA because you got to have an IPA on or people won't buy anything apparently. <laughs> but then also like you're gonna find your porters, you're gonna find your stouts, you're gonna find your brown ales, you're gonna find maybe if they're uh, leaning towards something a little different maybe doing um like a sour ale stuff like that which sour ales have been really interesting for me really fun that talking about going like really sciencey that really makes it extremely sciencey when you're doing (laughs) sour ales because it's basically you're introducing a controlled uh, infection to the beer yeah Yeah. you're purposely infecting your beer which you don't want to do normally interesting so would you say that that's one of the more complex beers to kind of try to brew because you are introducing bacteria into it? I would think so. I've never personally made a sour. I've uh, worked at companies that have made it. And then just the the, the understanding of how it works, mm-hmm. like 
lot of times if you're going to make a sour, you don't want to make it in the same environment as your other beers because mm-hmm. you're putting out that bacteria. You're putting it in the air. And if you don't get that cleaned, you have a chance of infecting your other good beer. Oh that's the like, that's with certain styles of making sours. Mm-hmm. And so you almost a lot of people have like separate areas, separate buildings that they would wow. hold on to their sours. That way they don't infect the good beer. That's so interesting. That just sounds extremely complicated and something I would not ever want to do. (laughs) Have you, um, like, I know that you work at a brewery Mm -hmm. right now and you've spent a lot of time in your career at breweries. Have you gotten into the brewing side of the house at your current gig? I have not. I usually just go down there and I uh, maybe we'll talk to them a little bit about, you know, what's going on. And I always love asking questions. I feel like you'll never know everything about anything Mm. you know you should always ask more questions so you can learn more and that's the fun thing about working at so many different state different places like this is my third brewery that i've worked at and every time you go to a new one you're learning something new because they all don't use the same equipment they all don't make the same beer so you're learning how they do things one way then do things another way and it's it's quite interesting um I don't know if I'll ever actually get a chance to brew you know it'd be fun to maybe brew one batch with them Mm -hmm. but you know brewing honestly you do a lot of cleaning. <laughs> and I don't know if I just want to sit there. I mean, you're a glorified cleaner. That's what you really are when you're a brewer. So is is Bernie the, the cleaner of the house then because you don't like cleaning? <laughs> I would say that uh, we share it. Uh, the okay. You know, I may be better with the laundry than some, but she's definitely better at, like, making sure the house looks nice when we have great guests over. <laughs> And Reggie does all the vacuuming, right? (laughs) He cleans the floors, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have one of those. Yeah, that's like the biggest thing, though. I mean, cleaning is the most important thing that I think gets overlooked, obviously. I am a novice, but in the one time, doing it and all the research, it's like... I mean, it's any other science experiment where you're you're making reactions with things to to create a, a final product, but if you don't clean everything, bacteria can get in there and Mm -hmm. it can make you sick and change the beer altogether. So like everything has to be sanitized constantly. And when you get big productions like Dan was talking about, yeah, it's a pain in the ass for sure. <laughs> well, not I mean, like putting a pot in a sink. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, at the brewery I work at now, if, we, if some a batch got infected, they would have to throw the whole thing away. And that was possibly 600, 700, $800 that they just threw away down the drain. Yeah, a lot of time and energy going into that. Um, and to lose it over sanitation would probably be extremely frustrating. Yeah. Okay, so one of the complaints that Pablo has about craft beer is that it just gets him so full so fast because they are heavier, like Bud Light, Bush Light, whatever. Like they're very light beers. You can drink a lot of them. Not so much with craft beers, especially if you're not a craft beer drinker. So do you feel like you've like built in a, not immunity, but like... No. Tolerance, yes. Do you feel like you've built a tolerance to the craft beer so that you can drink more of them, or are you just getting super fucked up every time you're drinking craft beer heavily? (laughs) Oh, well, like, you know, last night we opened some bottles that we had laying around. As you should. It was your birthday. (laughs) Well, it's your birthday today, so you're celebrating your birthday. Uh, I would say, you know, I was anticipating drinking quite a bit, so I maybe didn't eat as much, so I knew I had a little more room. That's scary. Um, That's but a yes. dangerous game. <laughs> right. Well, I know I wasn't like stumbly drunk, but like I still had enough to eat. But uh, I would say, yes, it definitely fills me up. Um, 
you, it's not something that you actually build a tolerance to you don't think you just like get used to it and you're like okay if i'm going to be drinking craft beer i should eat a little bit less so that i have more room for exactly it. like that and then just you know i always my, my favorite thing is to do is not to crack a big old 22 ounce bomber by myself i like to share <laughs> it with friends yes that way you know okay here's five ounces to you five ounces to you five ounces to you before you know it that's not even a full beer right. you know so if you do that five six more times you're at a stronger percentage beer honestly you're really only having maybe six full beers at the most yeah but you shared a lot of it and you got a lot of stronger <laughs> alcohol and it kicks in a little bit harder than the light beer i think that's why you know some people kind of enjoy it too yeah um i have a question for bernie um knowing that dan has kind of been on this craft beer train for so long like have you gotten into craft beers Oh, uh, they're not my favorite, but I'll drink them. I like to try new things. Mm. Um, I'm more of a wine yes, girl. person and vodka. <laughs> <laughs> not mixed but together. I won't say no to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not mixed together. Um, I like to try them all. So you don't have any beef, like, especially, like, I know you guys like to travel to places and actually just, like, hit up breweries. Like, Grand Rapids is a big area that I know you really enjoy going to. So you enjoy going to the breweries. Oh, yeah. It's a great scene. Um, And it's good to try stuff. Try new things. And food always pairs well yes. with beer. So that's always one of my faves, too. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you have, like, a, you, Bernie, have a favorite brewery that you guys have been to? I know you've probably been to, like, thousands at this point. I like shorts. Um, that's okay. always a good one to stop at in Bel Air. Um, Michigan. Yes. Um, <laughs> they uh, actually have one of the few beers that I can force myself to drink. Um, Pablo's going to have to make sure I say the right name. Soparade? Yes. The so- no. Oh. Or, or, it was Summer Shandy. Wait, no. No, that's Lion and Cobble. Soft Parade Shandy. Soft Parade Shandy. You drink oh. that and you drink Green Zebra. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, because Ooh, the Soft Parade Shandy, I remember it just takes, it tastes like lemonade. It, you, you get a little bit of that beer flavor in it, but it's more lemonade than it is beer. Okay. Let's be real. It's a, a Rattler, I think they call so, it. So shout out to Shorts. <laughs> Made the only beer that I really want to drink nice. in my life. But it's a summer beer. Like, I definitely wouldn't yeah. drink it right now in the middle of February. <laughs> I really love Shorts also. Uh, shorts to me is just, you know, you're up north. You know, 90% of the time you're up north, you're on vacation. You know, you're, you're up there, you're relaxed. You sit up at the bar, talk to one of their great bartenders, yes. hang out, drink a couple beers. Um, if you are lucky enough to have a shuttle to your hotel, you don't have to worry about how you got out of there. Um, yeah. Besides shorts, I would say maybe Dark Horse. Dark Horse was okay. really one of my big ones for a long time. They had fun events that we would also go to. Also in Michigan. In Marshall, Michigan. Unfortunately, they did get bought out by another oh, company. Oh, I didn't um, know that. They're still there. They're still making beer. They're still doing their beers. It's just not the same Dark Horse that it used to be. You yeah. know, I, I'm glad to see them still there and still providing jobs for people. It's just, you know, it's, you know... Some things change and it never is the same unfortunately yeah. especially when i feel like you're on the craft beer train like that kind of shift in ownership can really shift the the vision for the company and the style of beers that they're developing i would say like the cool thing is the reoccurring thing that you guys keep kind of bringing up is like beer is kind of a lifestyle in a sense where you want to crack a bomber open with a buddy just so you can like taste mm-hmm. it and watch the game you go somewhere and you want a reason to go check out a restaurant or something yes. like that it's it just gives purpose to like your everyday life when you're just trying to hang out and have fun. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That is a good point. I remember um, we went to Hawaii a couple years ago now, which is crazy to say that's already been a couple years because it seems like yesterday. And one of our place favorite places to hang out was Maui Brewing Company. Yeah. Um, it, I think one of the things that was like so 
amazing to me about that was it's the first bar or brewery that I've ever been to that actually had an ice ring around the counter so that you could set your beer or your beverage on the ice ring and it would keep the beer cold. Um, and to your point, Dan, like it was just really fun to like sit there and like chit chat with the people like we one of the bartenders, I think, was from Michigan, which was like crazy because we were in fucking Hawaii um, and just like kind of hear their stories. And they had like surfing on TV. Like it was just a good vibe. We had poke there. It was just such a good time. So like I definitely agree with you, Pablo, that it is kind of just like about the vibe as much as it is about what you're drinking. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to go to like a town and be like, all right, well, where do you want to go to eat? And it's like, OK, we're in Chicago. There's five trillion restaurants yeah. but if dan's like you know i heard this place has a cool beer i want to try out it gives you purpose yes. or like you know you got a bomber and you're like well i'm not gonna drink it by myself like a good reason to call a buddy up and have him come over and chat about it and watch a game or something yeah. like that it's enjoying life <laughs> i think i think that's really like what you're going is going you know what you're saying is very true because it's a very sociable thing yes you know yes you can come up and have a beer by yourself and right now with quarantine and everything, it's really hard. There's really not a place where you can just sit at a bar by yourself. Right. You're usually stuck at a table. So it's not as fun as it used to be. Yeah. But hopefully once everything gets hopefully somewhat back to normal, you can go back up to your local brewery and sit at the bar and make small talk with your favorite bartender. Yes. And That's always... actually how we met you. Um, <laughs> oh. we, we actually lived above a brewery for a couple of years. And um, Dan was one of the bartenders at that brewery. And that's how we became friends. And now you're going to be the officiant in our wedding whenever we get married. <laughs> <laughs> which is really cool because it's about making connections like to your point like it's about people and it's about just like shooting the shit and chilling and have like a place it's like cheers like everybody knows your name like it's awesome late night trivia yes <laughs> <laughs> we spent a lot of time reading dan uh trivia questions at the bar it was good times especially for us because we didn't have to ever drive so we could just have to stumble <laughs> up the stairs <laughs> Um, so we talked a little bit about how there's a lot of different styles of craft beers. Do you have a favorite style of craft beer that you you gravitate toward? Yeah, I would say my favorite style is the obvious, you know, like every other probably person in the world right now is IPA. You know, not okay. everyone loves them, but I would say majority of people really enjoy IPA. And with the whole blowing up the big boom of the brewery boom that yeah. happened in the last eight years or so, the IPA has been really what brought it out. A lot it's of people like the like, cash cow. Yeah, like if you walk into a place and they don't have an IPA on, people are going to be disappointed. Wow, it's it's, like, it's 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 weird. Can you explain a little bit like what an IPA means, like in terms of taste? Because like I know personally, since we did live above a brewery, like a stout, I know what that is. Like it's a very dark beer, a very heavy beer. Sometimes they even have to sit there for a while. So like, can you tell me a little bit like what the profile is like for an IPA? Yeah, that's like a really good question because. A lot of times you're like, what is an IPA? And they're like, it's an India pale ale. And you're like, <laughs> that means nothing to me. <laughs> so, you know, like Paul said, it's a, or Pablo, excuse me. I don't know what we're calling him on here. He goes by both. Uh, an IPA, India pale ale. Uh, it, to me, you know, if I walk into a, a new brewery that I've never been to and I look at an IPA on the menu and I order it, I'm expecting uh, a lot. I'm expecting a lot of flavor. I'm expecting some big citrus notes, possibly maybe some piney notes. I'm expecting mm. some bitterness, depending on the Ew. style of the IPA. <laughs> uh, a little bit of maybe malty, but not too malty in my okay. taste. Uh, some more, I say, like more traditional English styles have a little more malt backbone to them, which I don't really care for. I like more like the big California style, big, bright color. Like, you know, they have a big like yellowish tone to it. <laughs> 
and they're just big and flavorful, flavorful citrus, and like I said, pine stuff like that. That's what I expect from like an IPA. It's going to be like decently not a heavy body, but some body. You'll get a, you know with the doubling with the double IPA and the triple IPA, you'll start to get a heavier and thicker body. Mm-hmm. But with a single IPA, it's usually decently mild body. Would you say it's the same malt that's used in like an ice cream malt? <laughs> I honestly don't even know what they use in ice cream malts, but, you know. It's just it's, like malt powder, like powdered. It's milk, though, because I'm thinking of like Whoppers, like the candy, no, like I, they have malted milk. So in malt is uh, roasted uh, grain, basically. Oh, okay. So, so definitely they, not the same. Yeah, so like different variances <laughs> of, so like an IPA traditionally has a, a milder roasted malt. Okay. And then a stout is going to have a very dark, and that's what gives you that dark color dark flavor is because they roasted that grain for Mm -hmm. so long and then when you when you boil with it when you when you're doing the mash you're extracting the sugars and you're getting that dark color coming too depending on like how dark the malts are so as like someone that is a novice if you were to close your eyes and drink something that you didn't know what it was that you get an india pale ale what makes you know that it is maltier versus just has a lot of finishing hops and other things to it? Like, how would I know a two-hearted versus, like, I don't know, any session ale, IPA, or whatever? Um, You know, it depends on your taste buds. You know, I know plenty of people where you can give them five different beers and they'll think it's basically the same thing. <laughs> That'd be um, me. But... I've seen that happen to you many times. And you weren't normally smiling when it happened. You're like, ma'am, please just pick one. So you want a cider. Okay, here's a cider. <laughs> no, uh, going back to your question, uh, if blind taste, ju- would I be able to probably tell? Maybe. Uh you know, it depends on how clean my palate is. You know, it depends on the last time I had whatever that beer might have been. So I remember mm. what it tastes like. But it's 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 tricky. It's it's it is hard. You know, we as a human, we we drink and eat with our eyes first. Right. And if it doesn't look yeah. pleasing or doesn't look right, it's gonna throw everything off. Even if it's the same beer you've been drinking a hundred times, if for some reason it looks different, it's gonna taste different. I bet it's too. Fascinating. I, um, thinking about bartending, I actually worked at a winery when I was in college and grad school and, um, you telling that story about like people trying five different beers and not knowing (laughs) what they had tasted reminded me of how people would come in and they would be like, can you give me a Moscato? And we would just like roll our eyes and be like, bitch, if you're here and you want a Moscato, like you're not even like here to enjoy the wine. So it kind of sounds like it's very similar for you where like when you do have to go through tastings with people and hear them say all of these different things, like I remember people would be like, oh man, you can really taste the pear. And I'm like, sure, bitch, whatever you say. <laughs> like, do you, do you get annoyed by having to listen to people incorrectly describe beers um no um you know that's one of the things i actually enjoy about bartending especially mm. in craft beer uh breweries is you know it's like discover like showing someone what how cool craft beer is yeah. and, and you can do that by like giving them a sample of something like you'll get you know and not to you know play the whole sex card here but you'll get a lot of women who traditionally don't like beer because they've never liked beer but and i'm like okay what else do you drink do you like dark red wines oh yeah i love dark red wines do me a favor, try a little sample of this dark beer. Oh my God, this is actually decent. It's like, yes, it's because there's a lot of similarities to the dark, dark wines and dark beer. Yeah. And your taste buds know that. And you, you also like, oh my God, I actually 
do okay at my job. Like it kind of gives you a little bit of pride that you introduce something to a dark beer, an actual beer, and they actually don't hate it. That's what I take the most pride out of. Um, when awesome. someone just comes up and says, "What's the closest thing to Bud Light?" <laughs> it it, ruined, it kind of is like, "Here, here's your light beer. Leave me alone." That's what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, I just want to pour a water and hand say, "Here's your water." <laughs> but you know, hopefully, if the place you're working at has a really good light beer, right. you can promote that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like breweries are trying to kind of appeal to that very large range of beer drinkers, like the women who only drink wine, a.k.a. me, um, like the guys who want their bush latte and nothing else? Like, do you feel like breweries are doing a better job to kind of accommodate those needs? I know seltzers have been a big thing that breweries have gotten into. Um, yes, I think if the smart ones are, definitely. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of breweries out there that do their own thing. They make their beer the way they want to make it, yeah. and that's how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people are realizing that maybe we should have something for the light beer drinkers. Maybe we should have something for, you know, the salt, the seltzer drinkers. Yeah. I know a lot of people are making seltzers, not just because it sells really well, because it's also super cheap to make. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if it appeals to a wider audience, like, why wouldn't you want more business yeah. Yeah. by having someone like me it's come in exactly. to a brewery and um, ask for something that's not beer? <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, like... So getting into beer can be kind of an intimidating thing in regards to like craft beer. Like you have the hipsters out there that say all the fancy words. And I mean, obviously the bartenders are going to say those fancy words that, that come with what makes up the beer with the malt and the the hops (laughs) and everything specific to it. So like, what's your advice to people that are interested in craft beer, but don't know a lot and don't know how to like get well informed on how to analyze some of that stuff? You know, I would just, you know, start off by, you know, going to maybe your local brewery and, you know, hopefully, you know, wherever that is, it has a larger variety of different things. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though I hate to say this, maybe start off with a flight, you know, yeah. something that's small. Like it's a, basically a sampler platter, usually up to like around five ounces and you get about maybe four to five different beers and you can try a bunch of different things. And if obviously during the pandemic, if that's not an option, maybe go to your local beer store, beer shop, wherever that yeah. is, and make like a mixed six pack if you can. You've seen a lot of grocery stores offering a mixed six pack of variety where you don't have to get stuck with the same beer because i don't want to buy a six pack find out i hate this beer and then i'm stuck with five other ones that i don't know what to do with that's what you know it might cost you a little bit more but it's a good way to really explore yeah Yeah. why why did you say that you hate to recommend getting a flight uh (laughs) flights are great i love flights honestly i do when i go to a new place and i've never had any of their beer i love ordering a flight and trying a bunch of different things what I hate is flight board Saturday, where <laughs> you have 80 people walking in the door at once and everyone wants to do a flight. And all right. you're doing is flight, 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 flight. And it, a lot of glassware. I a get lot the of customer. I understand why they're doing it. It's just one of those things where it's just it's hard sometimes. Yeah, especially on like, you know, Saturday being probably the most popular day for breweries and bars in general. It would be really hard to have so many people just be like, oh, well, I kind of like fruity things. And can you recommend? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that would be my one recommendation, too, is like, don't be afraid to ask your bartenders questions. Mm. But also don't do it at one in the morning when you're downstairs (laughs) at Sticky Rick's and there's a line of 50 people. If it's a Sunday afternoon. There's five people at the bar. Ask questions. Like those people are there because they know their stuff and they're there yeah. to help you. And like it's about the whole experience. Yeah, and totally. That's what the flights are for, so they can help you talk about it and you can, you know, figure out your palate, like you talked about. And that's another great thing about craft breweries. It's it's usually ran by like uh, 
owner you know private owners are there Mm -hmm. on their on their time working it and then they hire staff when they get busy enough and they bring these people in and they're usually people who have a passion for it so you're not just talking to a bartender who's pouring you a bud light after bud light after bud light (laughs) they're pouring you a beer that they've seen get made they've tasted it they've sampled it they drank it themselves they've mixed it with other beers to get different flavors and profiles they actually care for the beer they love the beer Mm. that's why craft beer is another reason why craft breweries is so cool because it's more than just a bar it is a brewery it's a it's a lifestyle it's a family yeah, that's awesome. That's so sweet. You know, and to take a step back, shout out to Rick's. It's this really shady club slash bar in East Lansing where MSU, Michigan State is at. Uh, yeah, M- R- Sticky Rick's is what we call it lovingly because the floor is always sticky because people just <laughs> dump their drinks on the ground. I don't even know. So, um, yeah, not the right place to be asking about a flight or a sample of beer. <laughs> I have one more question. Can I steal yeah, your time? Yeah, absolutely. So, Dan, big question I have for you is what are your projections in the craft beer market coming Ooh, forward? So yes. today, like, obviously, commercially, like, seltzers are huge right now, and everybody's mm-hmm. pumping them out like it's nobody's business. Do you think that's going to maintain? And as well as, like, what do you think the next big thing is? Like, I know... The New England IPAs have been pretty big in the past five years or so, out of nowhere, kind of. And so I'm just curious if you have any insight on what you think might be next. Insight? I probably don't have much. Um, I, have, I can make a, a guess. Uh, you know, with with the scene and with, like, you know, just going into your local beer store, going to your local shop, you can see what's popular. You can see what everyone's making and why, you know, the seltzers are insane. You'll walk into even our local Meyer here and you'll see... 15 different companies that make a hard seltzer Mm -hmm. and i just think that's a little too much right now (laughs) yeah um you know if they're selling and they're all selling great good for them but uh i personally would like to see a little bit more you know local beers put there instead of these big names these big conglomerate groups that are (laughs) selling all this crazy basically carbonated alcoholic water with a little bit of flavor (laughs) and they're selling it at like i don't know 15 bucks a yeah, like twelve five hundred percent of probably what they spend. Oh, yeah, they're making so it. much money yeah. on those seltzers, and that's probably why everyone's busting them out because they're so cheap to make. But they um, are tasty. Like shout out to Truly Lemonades. Like those are the only seltzers I really actually like. I don't mind some of the seltzers. They make great uh, mixers for your cocktails. <laughs> what i like them for i mean to add to pablo's question though i think one of the things that we heard when we lived above the brewery was about this idea that the like craft beer industry had quote-unquote like popped um can you talk about like what that means and like what you think about that so you know there's a lot of people think there's going to be like a the bubble's going to burst and you know all these breweries that are still trying to open there's Mm -hmm. not going to be enough place for them and i think there is certain places you got to think what you're doing though you can't just go to your uh you can't just go to an abandoned building on a corner somewhere and open a brewery. You got <laughs> right. to put some thought into it. Like I would not recommend, you know, especially if you live in a larger, a smaller town, excuse me, uh, going in there and opening a brewery right next to another brewery. That's that's <laughs> not going to do anything for you. I yeah. mean, you you might get some business, but you're going to be stealing someone else's business, and you're going to be making an enemy out of it. Like, yeah. In my opinion, every small town could probably have its own brewery and get as long as they take care of their locals that's what i've experienced because i've worked in one small town working at a brewery and then i've now i'm at another small town working at a local brewery and it's i don't think the bubble ever is going to burst as long as you make a business like it and you take care of the people who come in and spend the money there if you take care of your locals 
you the doors will stay open. Yeah. You also want to make sure you put enough out there that you'll get people traveling through. That's another great thing about the brewery thing is some people just like that check mark and they like to do one more stop on their visit. They like to hit up one more brewery. They like to go yeah. to one more just to say they've been there. Yeah. You know, and that's it's I don't know if it's about the beer and it's about drinking. Sometimes it's just about a collection almost. I've been to 250 breweries in the state of Michigan. Yeah. Great. It's amazing. You know, which is insane, but it's great. You're <laughs> A lot of them are tiny, small businesses and you're supporting small businesses, which is great. Yeah. I, I know we've kind of chatted about this already, but I really love that idea that breweries are about like your hometown. It's about hanging about out with people in your hometown. It's about supporting the guy who lives down the street from you or the girl who lives down the street from you who started this organization. Like it's about, it's kind of about like that cheers mentality, like go a place where people know you. Right. You go see how Jim did on his last nine holes of golf, yes. you know, the same five guys are going to be sitting there at the, the bar on Tuesday at 7 PM, whatever it is. Yes. And mm-hmm. You make friendships and they grow. Yeah. Well, um, Dan and Bernie, I want to thank you guys for being here. Is there anything else that you want to share or you want to chat about related to craft beer and breweries? The only question I would put out there is for you, Lisa, was... no, I'm scared. (laughs) So I know you don't enjoy beer like some people. (laughs) It's true. And besides those two obvious ones that you listed that you like, (laughs) would are you more open to liking beer? Because I feel like... Just by saying you don't like beer, it just means I feel like you haven't found the right beer. Yeah. um, I always tell people that I think the reason that I don't like beer and other people do is when you were in college and underage and you couldn't afford anything else, somebody would go buy you a 30 rack of something really shitty. And that's how people get into beer is they drink really shitty shit until they're old enough to afford something better. And then they learn to like the actual good beers. But I didn't really drink in college. And then I started working at a winery. And so I never went through that experience of drinking the shitty beer in order to like the other beers um i'm definitely open to trying beers um absolutely but i think especially with all of the different variety there's just something about the beer that's just very bitter that i can never get past so yes absolutely i will try all the beers you want to throw my way but i'm not holding my breath (laughs) (laughs) by the way uh something really shitty is a great name for a light beer (laughs) (laughs) that's true But to Dan's question, it's a good point. Like you answered it well in the sense of people just need to be open minded. Like just because you don't like one thing doesn't mean there isn't something out there in that category that you could find and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. So get out there and try your local breweries until you can find something that you really enjoy. I guess that's kind of like the vibe of of what we're driving on right now. Well, thank you, Dan and Bernie, so much for being here today. It's been such a joy chatting with you guys about beer. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode of Things My Friends Know. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts.